Hello, stranger. Hello, hello. How's it Not going? Bad. And hello to our our fellow listener strangers. This is episode number hello, two. Hello, strangers. Yes. We need a we need a theme song. We like do. an Adele, like I'm... hello from the other side. And I'm not going to sing that because oh. I would do no justice to Adele. But I, I think you have to do it now. I definitely do not because I'm saving our, our <laughs> listeners ears from the atrociousness that would come out of my body to their ears, their ear holes. I also cannot sing. So. Another thing we have in common. Sometimes I sing to my daughter and I feel bad for her, for having to listen to me. No, they say like singing is really good. Like she's getting familiar with your voice and, and she. Yeah, she seems, she seems yeah. to enjoy it. She's, a, she's an yeah, easy she's your, she's She's your best and worst critic. I mean, now she'll enjoy it. That's and then true. when you do it in front of her friends when she's 13, she won't. That's true. Can good you point. believe that like at some point in time you will have a teenager? That's, I, I think about that all the time. And it's like a teenage like, girl. Just, that's a lot. She's not even walking or talking or even crawling yet. So it's just like just thinking about what she's going to be like when she gets older. That that's what gets me so excited to to be a dad and to have a kid is to just watch her just develop and grow. It's 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 just it's fascinating. Like who she is now compared to when she was born. She's a brand new person. You know, she, in the beginning she was almost like a little alien and now she's like a little person. She's it's like a just, little bigger it's, alien. It's, a bigger alien, but now the way she smiles and the way that she interacts and it, it's just, it's, it's, re, it's absolutely fascinating watching a human develop. I, you are approaching this a lot better than I think I feel about it. For me, it's very, very terrifying. Be like, whoa, 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 that's oh, a lot. But before, before I was terrified. So, but I, absolutely I was terrified. But when it happens and it's yours and they're there, your just instincts just kick in and you got it all taken care of. I'm going to take your word on that for now. Definitely. Trust me. When you when you have a kid someday, after the first month, you're going to be like, I got this. Really? Ooh, he's confident, y'all. Okay. Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. 100%. So, Mike, you were saying that I looked tired, and I'm looking at you, friend, and you're kind of like wiping one of your eyes, <laughs> and you look a little tired yourself. How has your a couple weeks tired. been? It's been a few weeks since we've sat down and had some sort of conversation. How yeah, have you been? It has been, it's been a very long time. Uh, I've been good. Uh, the baby's been going through a bit of a sleep regression, so she's getting up a lot during the night. So sleep has been hard to come by. Uh, work has been tough. You know, in my line of work, uh, basically, like you don't really know what your day is going to look like until it happens. So I have, I have no, like I wake up thinking I'm going to have a busy day. Sometimes I don't have busy days. And then you have the baby, like, do I exercise? Do I do go do important things? Or do I just play with the baby the whole time? So there's, it's a whole mix of things. Uh, but yeah, it's definitely been one of those weeks. It's been one of those weeks. Looking forward to the weekend. Uh, yeah, it's, it, I'm, I'm definitely tired. We're recording now at 8 p.m. Philly time. Uh, and yeah, it, 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 it hits you. We're strangers you know? in the evening tonight. Strangers in the evening, strangers at night, the Midnight Society. Yes, the the makeup free. Do you know that show? Do you, do you, do you get that reference? The Midnight Society. No. Ooh, I forget how young okay. you are. A a little a little show. Tell me if you know this. A little show called 
Are You Afraid of the Dark? Okay, that was like a Goosebumps series, right? Oh. Not related okay. at all. But <laughs> Y'all should have just seen the look on his both, face. Like, no. They were both popular at the same time. So, Are You Afraid of the Dark was a kid's horror show on Nickelodeon. And Goosebumps was the books. Okay. But there was there was also a Goosebumps. The books got so big, they made a TV show out of right. them as well. But they were very they were separate then. So, what was the first thing you said? Midnight Society. Midnight Society. That's the name of the kids. That's what they called themselves. And they would sit around the campfire and tell ghost stories. Oh, Ooh, we should do an episode on ghosts someday. Are you a believer? Uh, it depends. Depends. I might, I might change I th- that for you. That's a that's a good topic. It's a good topic. I, th- I think I might change it for you. You probably could change <laughs> it. You probably could. So we are, and excuse me, all of our strange listeners, um, I am rattled with a head cold at the moment, so I sound a little funny. Uh, but tonight, we wanted to talk about technology, and we've defined that as, I think we're just kind of going to go through like the generational development and progress that technology has brought to our lives and then also talk about like how it's kind of affecting our work today um, the students that mike works with and what technology and and particularly technology in the pandemic has done i think for both of our lines of work would be interesting me in healthcare and you in in specialty therapy working with kids that are in a much different situation than they were 16 months ago with schooling and, and their lives so I want to start off first by telling a story, if I may. So please do. I have a blended family. And when my dad was dating my stepmom, I was seven and her son, my brother, was five. And they met because they're neighbors uh, or they were neighbors. So for Christmas, so, so my brother was always big into computers. They had a computer and Internet in their house long before most of society did. Uh, My brother now is a software developer, so it makes sense that he's kind of taken his love for computers and made it into a career. I've never really cared for technology, just is what it is. Um, And my brother had this computer, and I really wanted a computer, because, but mostly I just wanted to type my name, because I was seven and I thought that was cool to be able to do that. And my dad bought me, do you remember, here, let's see if you remember this. Do you remember like the, or, or what was it called? Oregon Scientific? They were like like the little laptops or desktop computers that like had little like snake games on them and such. So my dad mm-hmm. bought me one of those for Christmas and I like unwrapped it and screamed, yeah, suck it, Lucas. But it was like through the wall mm. because we didn't live together, but we were neighbors. So I screamed it. And that was like my first very vivid memory of like technology. Like before that, you know, like we didn't have cable, we had a V, you know, VHS player, whatever. But like that was like my first like awareness that other technology existed around me was that moment. Wow. Yep. And I can't. I would like to say that I eventually became less petty. I did not, and it took a really long time for my brother and I to get along <laughs> because I really didn't like him. But this isn't this isn't a family secret. It's out there. I didn't like him. It's on a it's on a podcast. It's on a podcast. Now. I mean, I bit him in a grocery store once because I really didn't like him. So there's that. Yeah, okay. not, it took it took All a right. while um, for us to get along. What about you? Like, what is what did you like have a specific memory? Like a first kind of foray into technology? 
Oof, that is a great I know you're question. old. It might take you a while to get back there, but. <laughs> <laughs> so being a child of the 90s, uh, I really feel like, of course, I'm biased. I feel like I grew up in the decade where we went from nothing to uh -huh. something. So the 90s was that decade that brought us to where we are now. So I remember being a kid and I remember having a really, really, really old computer and it had awesome games on it, but it was on those big, gigantic floppy Oh, yeah, discs. which are still our save icons, mm -hmm. throwing that out there. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. I'm talking the big, like, plastic flop. You know what I'm talking about? The big ones? Oh, my God. They were big. They were like this. this oh, wow. Big. Yeah, they were big. And I had a lot of fun games on there. And I, you know, there's, I, there are pictures of me sitting in the computer room. Yes, in my house yes, we all had that room. Lots of games and... Yeah, and that yeah yeah, and it was uh, it was it was just wild. I used to love playing games, and then you know if I could think of one thing about my childhood for technology, it was probably the Nintendo sixty four. So having that and playing Super Mario sixty four for the first time, I grew up. My parents were always big on buying us video games, so I had the original Nintendo, the Super Nintendo, and all of those games were what we call side scrollers. So you basically take Mario from one end of the screen to the other end of the screen. And that's how every game was. And then all of a sudden Mario 64 comes out and the controller has a joystick instead of a, instead of a plus sign D pad. And you could run around everywhere. You can go in any direction. You can go wherever you want. You could explore. You can just jump around in the garden. You can go swimming. It was just fascinating. And that game that's the game that the that's the game that that's the reason why we have the games today because of that game uh it, it's just playing that was just mind-blowing uh and i also remember as a kid getting something called the surfboard modem and that was the my first foray into high-speed internet Ooh. so before that it was all dial-up uh -huh. And he would sit there and it would, it would do that, yep, rrr, yep, rrr, yep. Rrr, like the fax machine noise. And you'd have to sit there. And I remember I would bring a magazine with me or bring something with me and I would read it while the computer connected to the internet. And nobody in the house could use the phone while we were Correct. on the internet. Uh, and then eventually we got this new modem that was crazy fast. And there were no more dial-ups. You were just on the internet. I could get on AOL and I can get on AOL Instant Messenger and those things, and it was uh, it was fascinating. And uh, to to think about that, and to con to recognize that that's now the olden days into what we have now. I never, as a kid, would have guessed that technology would get so immersive and completely take over our lives in every possible way. Do you wonder if, like S Steve Jobs, you know, he's Bill Gates, Mark Zuckerberg, all of these kind of spearheaders into this world that we live in now? Do you think they saw it? Like, do you think they thought about this? Or did you think it just happened? I think, um, that's a good question. I don't think anybody could have predicted that it would be where we are today. I think Steve Jobs had a general idea, which is why he kept a lot of technology away from his family, because uh, he didn't want them to get involved in it, like, like he knew the rest of the world would. But hey, this is, this is capitalism at its finest. You know, uh, make a product, make the entire world want it. Uh, and the way the internet is now is completely insane. I remember the internet when there was like 50 websites 
and now it's it now you can make your own website in five seconds it's it's absolutely insane i don't think anybody even with the genius of steve jobs bill gates nobody could have predicted that it would be the way it is today nobody i'd like to think that like i'd like to think that someone couldn't predict it because i don't know if we could go back in time i don't know if i'd do it the same i don't know if i would if I, if I had to say, me over here in little small town America, I had to say, I don't know. I don't know if I would say like, yeah, let's do it. There's a part of me that has a, has a reservation to it all. Yeah, I, I definitely, you know, being a child of the 90s, like I said, and living in this world today, I, I miss the old days. I really do. You know, now having a computer in my pocket, we call it a phone, but it's a computer. The computer I have in my pocket every day is more powerful than the computer I, paid, I played as a kid. So it's just, it's fascinating. And it's, uh, people text me, I respond right away. People email me, I respond right away. People can contact me all 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Facebook, Instagram, social media. Uh, I, I, I kind of wish those, those things were not part of my life at all. I'm not going to lie for that week. So I, I, I was in Ecuador for what what was supposed to be eight days, but because of flight issues turned into be like six and a half days. Um, but the entire time, so I have a, an international phone plan as part of my, my plan. Like I can make calls and text and such abroad. It doesn't cost me any extra money, but my service is spotty at best. And, but there were full chunks of time where we were so high up in the mountains hiking a volcano or the state parks or whatever, excuse me, country parks that I didn't have any service. And I spent like eight days completely disconnected. And I came back with so much like clarity, you know, I was like, Oh, I really enjoyed not having to worry about social media or if I was accessible to my job or, you know, I had to call and check in with friends all the time or, you know, I'm caring about what others are doing. It just gave me a minute to be present. And I feel like I worry, and actually that goes into my next question for you. I worry that our children won't know what it's like to be present. So how do you feel about like introducing technology to your daughter? Uh, definitely going to be very, very cognizant of it. Uh, num number one, because I, uh, like I said, I miss the old days. And number two, it's in my line of work. So I'm a, I'm a therapist who specializes in working with kids with ADHD. And part of ADHD is a lack of self-regulation and impulsiveness and a need for instant gratification. So I would say 95% of, of my, all the kids I work with have some sort of screen addiction, whether it's their phone, whether it's the internet, whether it's YouTube whether it's computer video games, Xbox, whatever it is, they're addicted to screens or tech in some way, shape, or form. And I see how much it destroys the kid and how much it destroys the family. It's terrible. And so many of the parents feel powerless and they feel like they can't limit the games or take the games away. It's really, really hard. Uh, so with my daughter, uh, I'm very cognizant about how much, like even now, uh, how much TV, like if the TV's on like when she's around, uh, but you know, she definitely will not be getting a cell phone for a very, very long time. Uh, I don't expect her to be a big video game player. So I don't think we're going to have a lot of that, but, uh, yeah, social media, phone, all that stuff. I'm going to be, I'm going to be one of those, uh, strict dads about those. So things. I have a theory and my, my boyfriend and I both have this 
theory that that those of us who like older millennials i i, can't, I don't even know if i want to like put gen z or in this basket because they have grown up with this technology but like those like like millennials like are this chunk of parents or excuse me chunk of people who become parents we've all seen the before and after you know we've been in this mm-hmm. we've been in this sweet spot where we've seen it and I, I feel like most of the people that i've spoken to um whether they're like my friends um you know peers what have you that are around my age we all feel the same way that you do you know that oh no no we are, you know, cell phones will be limited. Your friend's parents can have my number. You don't need a cell phone. I survived just fine without a cell phone. You're going to read a book. You're going to play outside because we see it. Like we see it. Like my brother is 17 and I see the difference in how we treat technology. You know, he, he definitely has an addiction to the technology and I don't foresee his children having a limit like I would want my children to have because he doesn't know a life without it. Whereas I, I grew up without it and I can see how much it affects children now having everything they would ever want at their fingertips and how dangerous and scary that can be. Do you have a similar theory? Do you, do you see your, your other, like your friends that have kids like think the same way as you or not really? It's really, it's really hit or miss. Uh, and I would, I would say the vast majority of the families, uh, the, the vast majority of people I know are really lackadaisical about it. And it's, it makes their lives easier because it entertains the kids and gets the kids out of the, out of their hair and the kids love it. And it seems to bring them joy in the present moment. So they let them get immersed in it and they let them do it. Uh, and I don't think they know any better, you know, like I've done lots of research. This is my career to know how dangerous screens can be. Uh, so basically just to describe it is, uh, you know, screens give them that instant gratification. So they get absorbed in it and they, uh, they get stuck behind these screens, behind these technology, and it causes them to have a lack of varied experiences. So varied experiences are crucial to child development and adolescent development. You have to do as many different things as possible. That's why we go to school. That's why we have sports. That's why we have clubs. Kids need to need exposure to the world. They have to meet varied people. They have to have varied experiences. It's basically play. It's a fancy word for play. Kids have to play. They have to interact. They have to get to know each other. They have to interact face to face. They have to try things, suck at it, eventually get good at it. They have to fail, they have to fall down, they have to get back up. And you can't do that with games. With games, they're in complete control uh, and they're not having real world experiences. Uh, And it really, really hurts them. And I can't tell you how many parents contact me when they have a kid who who got great grades at school, but played video games the whole time. And they go to their first semester of college and they flunk out instantly because they don't know how to be in the dorms. They don't know how to be on campus. They don't know how to do school by themselves. Uh, and it's really, really sad. Uh, but it's, I, I would say the, the majority of people really don't seem to care because the kids love it and they don't have the research that, that we know. I have a counter argument to the conversation around like kids needing those varied experiences and, and play. So my, one of my, if not probably, yeah, my, my first serious boyfriend, we were together for about five years. Uh, he was very, very immersed in internet gaming, not necessarily console gaming, but internet gaming. And 
yeah, he kind of had a very similar experience. He started college, flunked out. I don't think it was because of a social thing, though. I think it was a school thing, but I don't really remember. Um, he ends up, you know, going back to college, is now a software developer, a software engineer, or whatever. And he claims that those people that he internet gamed with are some of his closest friends. And he's even like to the point where he's ne- he had never met them for years, had never met them, and then went to like one of their weddings and went to like one of their bachelor parties or birthday parties. And he like flew across the country to meet these people. What do you, what do you say to something like that? Like it happens. Ooh, no, I'm not getting a, that I'm is, not getting a good look. That is so incredibly rare for that to happen. You need to be so, so deep into the gaming community. Uh, so basically, you know, a lot of parents and a lot of kids end up tricking their parents into saying, oh, gaming is social now, and they have a headset, and they can talk to each other while they play. If you listen to the language used during <laughs> play, it's all about jump, jump, shoot, shoot. What happened? What happened? There, there's no social connection. And then it's like swear words, swear basic. words, swear words, swear words. It, exactly. <laughs> it's it, it's nothing. It's nothing good. There's no social gaming. Is not a social experience. Period. Is not. Never will be. Period. What happened with your ex-boyfriend there is unbelievably rare. Probably one in a billion. I that I that is so rare and the way kids play online games now they're you know they're not really getting to know each other they're not really building relationships they're just playing a game they die and then they're in a in another game with brand new right. people so it's it's uh you know good for him that that happened uh but that's not something that I think happens that's probably honestly one in a billion I used to ask my both of my brothers are big gamers and I used to ask the, the one brother who I resented for a very long time, but now love very much. Um, I used to ask him, I was like, do your friends know that you have siblings? He's like, why would you ask mm. something like that? I'm like, I don't, you just don't, you don't seem like, like you're on your computer game or your console. Like, do they know that I exist? I've never actually met any of them. You know, you claim that they're friends from school. And he's like, yeah, they know that I have siblings. And I'm like, oh, okay. I'm like, do you know, do they know? You know, like I'd have all these questions, like really basic questions, because I grew up, you know, I wasn't a gamer. Um, I'm very chatty. Mm-hmm. You know, all my friends knew everything and it, it felt very norm- normal. I'm using air bunnies for that. Normal um, compared to the experiences of my brothers. And I'm still, I would still be willing to put some sort of lump some financial contribution to the fact that my 17 year old brother's friends probably doesn't know he has siblings. Um uh-huh. And I and he's he's very social. He's social on on games and otherwise, but I just I don't know, I don't know, maybe do boys like communicate differently? I don't know. Man, uh, probably. Yeah, I would say Did that. you tell your friends you had siblings growing up? Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. Okay. Yeah. And and basically, you know, we were we were in school at the same time. Uh so like everyone knew like, you know, like when I was a a freshman in high school my brother was a uh, junior okay so and I, I lived in a small enough of a town where people people just knew okay yeah i guess now mm-hmm. my brother and i had different last names so that probably didn't help the situation any correct hmm. so sorry as i put my wine back down i'm gonna probably mix <laughs> that with some night cool and have a real good time tonight oh yeah okay. yeah 
some so- some solid. Yeah, sleep. I mean, last night I went to bed at seven thirty after a couple Nyquil and woke up at seven a.m. I was I was feeling good, so and I had a glass of wine nice. last night. Yeah, not that I, I'm I'm not a doctor. I don't have to say that I'm not recommending it. You do you people. Uh, <laughs> so how do you with when? So we're you know March twenty twenty, pandemic hits. Talk about technology then in terms of your personal life, your career, your students. What is technology doing and not doing for you when March 2020 hits? So that's a so that that's a great segue. So that's really, really good. So when the pandemic hit, technology all of a sudden ran our entire lives. So being able to use Zoom, use Google Meet, use Microsoft Teams, allowed the world to continue functioning. So if this pandemic happened in 1990, we'd be in big, big trouble, big trouble. So not only did it save businesses, did it save work, did it save probably the economy in many ways, but it also saved a lot of people from going into a deep, deep, deep depression. Uh, So technology did a lot, a lot of good. It helped my private practice because I was able to transfer everything to Zoom and keep in contact with my kids and my families. So that was awesome. Uh, And I still do Zoom to this day. We're doing Google Meet right now, which is amazing. Uh, And uh, I used to do like like Zoom happy hours during the the heat of the pandemic with my friends and chat with them on Zoom. And it's, it's just fascinating. It's really uh, I think we saw a lot of the benefits of social connection uh, when we were forced to social distance. We were forced to social distance with this damn pandemic and this damn COVID. And Zoom and Google Meet really uh, really came in handy. And it was amazing how much it allowed us to continue to connect uh, and, and be together. Uh, in terms of kids having to do virtual school, Uh, I personally think that was, uh, you know, for them to be able to socialize and things like that and have structure to their days and stuff. Yes. But academically, it was probably a massive waste of time. Did kids still need that structure in their days? Did they still need to socialize with their classmates? Absolutely. But academically, I'm sure none of them really learned anything or, you know, of course some did, but, uh, but it really forced kids to be in front of a screen during an age when they really shouldn't be in a screen. They need to be in a classroom with kids. Uh, but this was at a time when we didn't know a lot about COVID. We didn't really know. Uh, I think now we kind of see that, you know, it's more dangerous towards adults, but who knows all, all these variants and everything. Uh, but overall, uh, kids and virtual school was not a positive experience. Uh, I think parents were very happy to see things open up uh, recently. Uh, but technology with you know technology has to go hand in hand you know years from now when this covid thing's over we're going to look back and talk about this and we're going to talk about what we dealt with and it was absolutely insane constantly ordering you know ordering groceries on an app on your phone having them be delivered to your house zooming with your friends google meet with your friends it's it's it was just like a, it was a time of fear, a time of uncertainty, uh, and technology really helped us. And uh, years from now, we'll we'll tell our kids these stories, and they won't believe us because it's so insanely insane. Are you tired of technology? Uh, yes, I am. I am. I really am. I'm really, really, really tired of social media. 
really tired of social media. I'm tired of checking it. I'm tired of looking at it. I'm tired of caring about it. I think it's just, I think it's just so fickle and so ridiculous. Uh, I'm tired of having a phone on me all the time. I'm tired of having distractions. You know, sometimes I'll catch myself looking at stupid TikTok videos for like 25 minutes and it's just insane. Uh, I'm a big YouTube guy. I love YouTube because the videos are so awesome. But it's just, I'm, I'm definitely tired of social media. I'm definitely tired of phones being just like a certainty. Like you don't leave the house without it and it's on you 24 seven. And it's the first thing I look at when I wake up, the last thing before I go to sleep. Uh, I'm definitely, you know, I, I think about like, what would I have been like as a kid if I had, if Facebook was around or Instagram was around and there was an actual number to how many friends I had or how many followers I had or how many likes my pictures got. You know, when I was a kid, I, a lot of my time, I, I was oblivious to how, probably how little friends I had. And then if I had Facebook and Instagram, uh, I probably would have recognized it more and would have been, been like, oh shit, you know, no one's liking my pictures. No one's my friend. And I probably would have been super depressed. I don't know how kids do it today. It's crazy. Wow. You just said a lot. <laughs> I'm just, I've been yeah. like nodding or like head bobbing this whole time. Yeah. I mean, it, I think what the scary part about like going to social media for a second is you can have a thousand quote friends and still not have a single person to call on a Friday night, which and in my go. opinion is even more depressing, even more depressing than like if you had 90 people and you know, half of them liked a photo like, or, or whatever, like no one is really your friend. I think even like my closest friends, like I, I think even one of my friends were not even friends on so like friends, you know, on social media. And we spend every waking second together. Um, you know, I'm my, my boyfriend and I are not Facebook official. We've been together for five years. It's just not something that, mm. you know, either of us care about. So it's, an, so it's an open relationship. I guess if you're looking at it from Facebook's perspective. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I mean, but yeah, I mean, it's, it, 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 oh man, that social media thing. That could be a whole other episode all on its own. But I think with technology, you know, I've been told from my supervisor that I'm a permanent work from home employee. Um, the, that is that is the expectation now. Um, and I've had to kind of like I've gone through my stages of grief with it and come to terms, come to terms with it. Truly. I mean, I do enjoy working from home, but it is a completely. I, yeah. If someone again, you know, March 2020 would have been like, well, this is like the last time they they took my desk. And, and remodeled my space and gave it to another department. Like, I do not have a desk anymore. And had someone said, oh, when everyone thought, oh, this will last two weeks, that two weeks like dangled in front of us. Like, just take your laptop home. So it'll be two weeks. It's fine. And like, had someone told me, this is the last time you're ever going to sit in this space. Um, I don't know. I would have maybe would have reacted differently, but technology plays a huge role in me being able to work from home, you know, and like everybody else in the pandemic, I'm not special in this case. Um, but even being able to work from home permanently will be will be different. Yeah, pre-pandemic, I was, uh, before any of this ever happened, before I ever did any Zoom sessions with my students, I would probably leave the house around 7 a.m. and I wouldn't walk in the door until like 8.39. So I was just, I was in the clinic, I was going to schools, 
I was going to homes. It was intense. It was insane. And because of, you know, because of Zoom, because of teletherapy, uh, I get to be home with my daughter and my wife. And it's, it's amazing. It's really amazing. And, and I, I take it for granted now because I've been doing it for so long. So there are a lot of positives, yes. Yes, there's a lot of positives. Uh, it really has given people freedom, the ability to work from home. Uh, I think we're looking at a much different world 10 years from now in terms of you know, office space and commercial real estate and all of these things. It's really, uh, I think this pandemic really showed people what's really important. I agree. I think that's a perfect way to end. Strangers, if you have anything to say, feel free to write in our comments when we get everything active and live. And uh, thank you for listening. I think on our agenda next time, we're we're hoping to have a third stranger who, who we don't know who that person is yet. But when we do find them, we will explain how we found them in our next episode. Ooh, that's a good Thank cliffhanger. You. I try. I try. I, I like try. that. That was good. Okay. That was good. I well do what said. I can. Okay. Goodbye, strangers. <laughs>